0: This episode is brought to you by the Renovate Program, a program specifically built to help busy professionals renovate their everyday to create the time to change. So here's the question In our professional services businesses, where the rules were written decades ago and the world keeps changing, how do we as experts grow our businesses, support our people, meet disruption, all while staying true to ourselves and our values so that we can thrive? That's the question. This is The In-Demand Accountant, I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello everybody and welcome back. Welcome back to The In-Demand Accountant, I'm Sam Dean and today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics called strategy. And it is certainly one that I kind of thought I had all under control and then realized I had a bit of a miss on. So let's get down and and deep into strategy. So by getting clear on strategy and what it takes to actually achieve one or get one clear on one will make all your plans actually easier to achieve. Last time we talked about purpose, mission and values, and these are all elements of vision and where you wanna be, but it takes strategy then planning and execution to get there. And it's these three areas that we are going to focus on over the next few episodes. And today we're going to start with strategy. There's been a lot of research and discussions undertaken to why business leaders struggle with strategy. And I also see particularly in the professional services areas, a lot of struggle on strategy and the execution. I just want to do a definitional thing and get clear on the differences between strategy and strategic planning. So strategy forms part of strategic planning and strategy kind of looks at assessing where you are now and where you want to go and what choices that you have to make to get there. Where strategic planning is the process of defining that and making decisions on allocating its resources to actually then pursue it. So there's two steps there. There's setting the strategy and then there's the actual plans to get there. And so often or not, and we will drill down in this episode, we kind of end up in the strategic planning section as opposed to actually defining that strategy. And I think uh, Roger L. Martin, who's a strategy guru and author in an article written um, for the Harvest, sorry, the Harvard <laughs> Business Review, right back in January, February 2014, really tightly summed it up. And it was an article that I read early on and I found it particularly helpful. When I was struggling to meet my vision and goals. Most of which required a really good deal of strategy. But what transpired is I was actually strategic planning. So you know the story. I'm sure you've all done it. We spend a really good deal of our time actually doing our spreadsheets. Based on what we should be doing. Given our capacities. And we put down what we want to do. And where we want to be. And if I had a dollar for every budget or forecast that I've done. That has kind of sat there and, and just not really gone anywhere. You know, I would probably be in the Bahamas by now, but that's another story. So why do we actually struggle? Well, a strategy in its true form actually makes us look into the future and we can only guess at that. And this is pretty damn hard for us professional mindsets because we would rather know rather than have to guess. And any kind of future strategy work is actually about guessing. So to make ourselves feel more comfortable, we prepare our fantastic plans that are how we achieve what we want. They bring out true and tested tools and they get very detailed. And of course, you know, our favorite true and tested tool is of course a good old Excel budget and spreadsheet and some modelings in it. And we detail in this and project our revenues based on our capability, capacity, sorry, and the costs into the future. But good strategy does not result from endless modeling or spreadsheets and how we should be able to achieve it because if this was all we had to do we would actually all be achieving what we wanted right now and we wouldn't be actually having this conversation in particular. So strategy isn't instead of this modeling and budgeting of forecasts that we do, it's actually a result of a simple and quite frankly crude rough and ready process of thinking through what it would take to achieve what we want and then assessing if it's realistic to actually try. and. To really do good strategy, you actually need to be in a place of discomfort and apprehensive. True strategy is about placing bets and making hard choices. The objective is not to eliminate risk, but it's actually to increase the odds. I think one of the examples that really stand out for me in professional services firm is the introduction when we look at introducing different types of services into our businesses. And one which stands out to me is, you know, tax accounting and what I did in introducing an advisory or different styles of services. And when we look at this, you know, we kind of plan for it, strategically plan for it. If you could see me, I had inverted commas there. We don't spend any time on asking the question, what would it take to do these? To spend time on any kind of change in our businesses takes change. And usually it is behaviour and skills. So when we're asking our question, what would it take and how realistic would it be? This is uncomfortable and hard. And then given where we are at the moment and our resources and our mindsets, etc. Is it actually realistic to try? So until I got really involved in that, when I was, you know, really shifting. And if you've been a follower of my podcast for a while... You know that I had to learn some skills and back in the day this was even before I read these articles and understood I had to really make some very hard choices on what I had to actually do to make it happen. I had tried all the old ways of doing the spreadsheets and stuff based on experience but what would it make it happen and one of those hard choices I had to make was to teach myself how to sell and to do things and to ask questions of clients and the people who actually control the revenue, which are clients, those questions. And then for me, it was very realistic to try because I had given up my tax base and everything. So it really pushed me to do it. So this is the interesting thing about strategy, those two questions. So if we were to adopt this definition of strategy, that is that question of what is it going to take and is it worthwhile doing, then maybe, just maybe, we could keep strategy where it should be. And that's outside outside our comfort zones and get the change that we want. So when we look at this, let's look at our behavior in this. We need to actually first understand where we're at. There are three types, three sort of areas that we really get stuck in around strategy. And this isn't only about professional services or accountants or lawyers or anything like this. This is across the board, all businesses. This is not just us. So the first trap is, and I've mentioned it before, is actually strategic planning. Every time I used to think of strategy and even now I hear it a lot, it Emily comes with planning or the word plan in there. And this is actually a subtle slide from strategy to planning. And this occurs because planning is thoroughly doable and it's quite a comfortable exercise. So that's why it happens. Planning arguable makes for very more thorough budgets, but it must not be confused with strategy. Planning typically isn't explicit about what we choose not to do and why, and it doesn't question anything. And its dominant logic is actually affordability. The plan consists of whichever initiatives fit our capacity or our capabilities at the time in our firms and businesses. This is a very common trap, and it really falls to us as well in our hour for dollar mindset of, you know, I can earn money by charging more hours because our revenue is inevitably linked to our costs. But at least if you're doing this bit, at least there is a planning element, so that's good. And we go on to planning next week. But that's one kind of area we get stuck in and that's because planning is comfortable and, you know, let's be truthful here, we all like a good spreadsheet. The next one is the cost-based thinking that I was just talking about. One of the other reasons we love it is because we can, by and large, as business owners or leaders, or even when we're working with clients, we can control costs. But for revenue, our clients or customers, whatever sort of businesses you're dealing with, are in charge. And no amount of planning can make revenue magically appear. Because if it did, I would already be doing it. And that's a super interesting thing. You know, we year after year do these spreadsheets, forecast out, expect those numbers to magically appear. And even if the numbers might appear at the end of the year, they don't magically appear where we want them to appear from a cash flow point of view. So I think this might be our biggest problem for those of us who lead or are in the traditional professional services is that our costs traditionally, i.e. our employment costs for the most part, decide what we charge. And it's not necessarily based on what the client will pay because up until now, and we've been able to predict our revenues you know, up until reasonably recently based on this as our client's behavior has been somewhat controlled by regulatory bodies, which we actually have no control over. But this is changing and has actually changed if you want to grow your revenue base outside any kind of compliance style work, which, you know, most of the people and professional services people that I work with do want to do it. So it is time to really start rethinking strategy for us. So the problem is when we are doing strategy, even if we manage to start shifting away from the strategic planning element, and then also the cost-based thinking, is that we then tend to go into, you know, the more traditional or what we've actually been based on. So for me, when I was trying to look at more advisory or growth models, and even right now, when we're trying to build online models, we were using sort of formulaic strategies (laughs) that weren't really focused on the one important thing that we have to do. And that's, you know, around our customers. And as professional services leaders, we prefer to focus on our capabilities that can be built or trained for certain technology, extensions of existing services based on more efficient technology. And if those don't actually produce success in our traditional ways of doing it and thinking of adding on other things then difficult customers and technology then can take the blame. So this is the problem. Our energy no matter what needs to focus at the key choices that we make to influence revenue based on the revenue decision makers and that's our clients. And this is uncomfortable because this is based on something we can't control, the client. So once we've kind of looked at it and escape these traps, I first of all want you to, if you're not quite believing me yet, check in if you're actually using one of those three things. So whether you're just doing strategic planning, which is fine if that's where you want to start, or it's based on cost, or it's based on our traditional ways of strategizing, i.e. using technology or using other things that are outside the most uncomfortable one, which is concentrating on people and customers have a check-in. So when you're sitting around the board table or if you're running your own business or anything, what is the thing that you are actually conversing? Where are you focusing on how to squeeze more profit out or get more profit? Is it around your existing cost structures and existing revenues rather than generating new? Are your KPIs being measured based on finance or capacity? And I know this should sound familiar. Customer satisfaction, market shares, or employee satisfaction are taking a backseat on your KPIs, if indeed they even have a seat in anything that you measure. If any of these ring true, you're not running a true uncomfortable strategy going forward. Now, the number one reason that we tend to do that, as I've said, that we tend to strategic plan rather than to do strategy is our natural aversion to discomfort and fear. And the only remedy to this is to reconcile yourself to the fact we are going to experience discomfort and you'll need to adopt a few simple rules so you can actually stay with it. I can attest to this. The more uncomfortable I've been in strategy, the more time I've spent in it, the much, much, much more success I've had. Because if you aren't having discomfort, I can tell you, you've probably got a bad strategy. So a few simple rules so you can stay with it. Number one rule, keep it simple. Focus your energy on the key choices that influence revenue decision makers, i.e. your clients. They will spend their money with you if your value proposition is clear and better than your competitors. And there's two ways to determine success, two choices that you need to put into your businesses. Number one, where are you gonna focus your energies, i.e. To knit, where are you gonna get your clients from, i.e. niche industries, people. This was a big thing for me, and it's taken me, let's go decades, uh, to get right, to really hone into niche. And it doesn't actually have to be niche industries. It can be type of people, demographics. For me, there's very much they have to be curious and wanting to change are big ones for me. So where are you going to focus your energy is the second one. How are you going to win the customer? How do you make your own value proposition compelling? So this is great news. It's very simple. It's just a one pager. It's nothing big. It's no huge dramatic series of of spreadsheets and lots and lots of time. And of course, as with everything that's simple, it's not exactly easy, but that's okay. So where to play. How to win. Two very simple things that you need to focus on. If you can do this, you can keep all your decisions grounded on those two simple things going forward. Because inevitably, we cannot predict the future and there will be change. So if we know those two things, we can keep it grounded. By keeping it simple and so grounded, you're much more likely that your staff and other leaders will engage in the strategic challenges the firms will face rather than have them retreat to their planning comfort zone. Rule number two, big one coming up guys, recognize that strategy is not about perfection. Somewhere along the line, you know, we feel that strategy should achieve accuracy and the predictive power of cost planning, but it shouldn't. It is, it's futuristic, it's not predictive, and there's no perfection in it. And you know, there's no such thing as perfect or nearly perfect. But given the strategy is primarily about revenue rather than cost, perfection is an Absolutely, we just cannot get there. So um, we need to throw this out the door. Now, this can be kind of hard for us, you know, going forward. And I think that that's why it's really, really hard to get simple. But if we want to really flex and get a little bit more comfortable, you know, we can save that to the cost planning and, and stuff like that later. We need to really keep reinforcing this. The strategy is not about perfection. It's about simplicity and those two or three questions. Otherwise, you just cannot keep the strategic focus where it needs to be going forward. Now, until you actually accept that, you will get a lot of planning instead of strategy and a lot of excuses as to why the revenue doesn't show up. So just know that, that it's, it's not about perfection. And the last one is number three, make the logic explicit. The only way to actually improve your hit rate of your strategic choices is to always, always test the logic of your thinking. For your choices to make sense, you need to believe about customers and about the evolution of our industry and our competition and about capabilities. And to do this, we have to constantly get curious and we have to constantly be questioning, doing things like listening to you know, a couple of episodes back thinking about what's happening along the lines of pilot, looking at our industry, looking to other industries, looking and talking to our customers and our clients all the time, testing our logics, coming in and saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this, you're in that market, what do you think? All of these things are extraordinarily uncomfortable, particularly for experts, but this is how we really can strategize our our revenues going forward. And then talking about, how we win those value proposition stuff. We will drill down on value proposition in the next few episodes but at the moment it's just like we have to keep asking what people value. We cannot, we cannot tell people what they value so we actually have to find out and then we have to test and test and test this is what this is about and then it's critical to actually write this down and to keep track of it and to Always be asking these questions because it's inevitable. We are human beings. We will naturally rewrite what we think is happening in our own words. And then we will declare the world to have unfolded largely as it was planned rather than recall how the strategic bets were actually made and why. So it's important that just because we have this simple question and this simple strategy that we are tracking it and reporting on it and really getting logical about it all the way through. Otherwise our mind will take over. So it's really really important to have some level of rigor around how that works and what doesn't. And the really good thing about this and I found when I track this a lot and I've tracked it is my strategic decision making has got stronger and stronger. I was not trained in strategy and I certainly haven't got a natural flair for it it is definitely a muscle that you can build but we have to kind of reverse engineer our planning skills into strategy skills and that is uncomfortable but to use the same rigor that we use to prepare those plans we need to track our strategies that's what we need to do going forward And I can promise you that if you can just start sitting in the discomfort, stick to the imperfection, that this really will make all the difference. And also really stick to the strategies of what drives out revenue. Next week, we'll get onto the planning and we will have a look at costs and, and what drives them and planning around that as well. And I'm going to reframe some of that too. But I just really wanted to get the difference today between strategy and strategic planning. Strategy and planning are very different and strategy needs to sit there. It is an important part of bringing your vision to life because it's the choices that you will make going forward. So I would love to have a conversation with that. We're actually going to be running, if you jump on, book a consultation call, 15 minutes. Plus we're going to be running a series of workshops on strategy, then also planning and budgeting and how we can actually make a massive difference going into the next, into the 22 year um, or it doesn't really matter when you do it and teaching this, you know, in a very pragmatic and simple way to really make all of this stuff work. So I would love you for you, um, the starting point to that is jump on, book 15 minutes with me. As you know, would love to have a conversation about it and as always, continue the conversation and be brave. If you want to get a different result for your business, and you're sick and tired of spinning on the same hamster wheel every year, we are running a series of workshops that can get you off it. They're very pragmatic. You'll come away with a plan and then also the skills to actually execute the plan as well. So set up a one-on-one call with me for 15 minutes and explore if this is right for you. And as usual, we look forward to continuing the conversation and be brave.